St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied round their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant ploughing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for a second. Gracious God, we ask that afresh that you would pour your life afresh into us and throughout this evening through your word. You may bring us to life and open our eyes afresh to see you more clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wonder this evening whether um, you're someone whose goal in life is that you would like to become a better servant. A casual reading of the press, a casual look at the internet, a casual look at general communication would say that being a servant is not something someone in the 21st century Britain is really that interested in. One of the helpful things though is that, for example, when you do go to a restaurant or a cafe, the, the waiter will come to you as a servant of you we still understand that there are people in life who come to serve. We see our civil servants, uh, some friends who are due to stay with us this weekend, have spent their life as civil servants, people who give their life in service to others. We see our politicians here to serve us, and it's very easy to get very cynical about politicians, but to a great degree, they're there to serve us. I wonder how many TV programs you've seen recently about servanthood. But the idea of being a servant is, for most of us, you know, a bygone, about a bygone age. 
in many ways. Today, I would suggest to you there seem to be two things that we seem to be mostly preoccupied, and a casual reading of our society would say. Firstly, about power, and secondly, about celebrity. We care deeply about power. Newspaper articles are consumed with articles about people who are in power. They're not written about servants. They're written about people who have power, about politicians, about business leaders, about people who are successful, who have power over other people. And we're fascinated by how they're using their power. Who's up? Who's getting more powerful? Who's down? Who's less influential? Who has more power? Who has less power? Who has the inside track? Whose stock is rising? Whose stock is falling? We care massively about power, it seems. We also seem to care a huge amount about celebrity. Who's on the list of the best parties? Who's at the top table at the most prestigious meetings, the most prestigious concerts, the most prestigious ceremonies? Who's got the most followers on Twitter? Who's the kind of most, you know, how many friends you've got on Facebook? How many things have you got to follow? Who is grabbing the most attention? Who is the person who grabs the most attention? We care about power. And we care massively about celebrity. But being as a servant is something Jesus lived, Jesus modeled, and Jesus aspired to, being a servant. As we look at the life of Jesus, what do we see? We see a, a child born in a stable to a young, vulnerable mother, Mary. We see a man in his life and ministry who fed and cared for the poor, the broken, and the least. He healed the sick, and he taught those who were spiritually needy. He rode triumphantly as we'll end Easter, our Easter celebration towards our Easter celebrations into Jerusalem as a king, but on a king on a donkey. Jesus washed his disciples' feet as a servant. Even in Jesus' last breath, he went to his death on a cross for our sake. Jesus wasn't the Messiah, the conquering king, and the saviour that everybody expected. We read in Mark 10, verse 45, for even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ is saying, in essence, I came not to be a celebrity, I came not to be a power broker, I came to serve. In our gospel passage reading in Luke 17, Jesus is dealing with some of the fundamental relational aspects of our walk with God. And Jesus shows what it means to serve him, follow him, and live for him. For those who followed the passage, and if you've got it in front of you, I'd say this is pretty direct, in-your-face teaching. There's no mucking about. There's no faffing about. It's just telling it straight. Jesus pulls no punches, and Jesus just tells a story. I think Faith said as before she came in, that said it's a really challenging bit, that, that kind of verse 5 to 10, a really difficult bit, uh, to get his point across 
Jesus tells a really direct story. He begins to tell us what the Christian life is like and how he wants his followers to live. He says to his followers, for example, how important it is not to give offence or to take offence in our relationship. He starts with a warning in verses 1 to 3 about not causing others to sin. In verses 3 to 4, he talks about the need for forgiveness. In verses 5 to 6, he talks about the importance of faith. And in verses 7 to 10, he tells this short story about servanthood. Jesus discusses and uses the life of a slave as an example. Whether the slave plows or whether the slave watches sheep, when the slave finally comes in, after he's done his work outside, the slave still has to fix dinner for his master and then to serve him before he gets his own meal. For this slave, it's a lifetime of service. It's serving all the time. Yet no thanks is to be offered to the slave for what they've done either, since he's simply doing what he's commanded and employed to do. Jesus is teaching that the service of Jesus' own disciples, his own servants, works in precisely the same way. We're called to obedience. Obedience in the whole of our lives. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm very tempted in my prayer life or my life with God to spend time trying to bargain with God, to negotiate with God. Say, God, if you do this, I will do that. We say to him, Lord, if you do this, then I, you deserve to be followed and I will do what you want me to do. You know, if I do this, surely you'll bless me. Surely you'll heal me. Surely you'll give me the role I want, the job I want, or whatever else it is I want. But Jesus instructs us well, what a servant, the reference to the doulos of God in Romans 1, verse 1 of God means. Our service of God centers on who God is and because, because for us, God is worth serving. If a good job does his, um, his duty for his master faithfully, how much more are God's children as those of us loved by him, cared for him, cared for by him and saved by him, for those of us who serve him faithfully. Service, obedience and duty are the natural outgrowth of appreciating and approaching and understanding God's act of grace in saving us, of clearing our debt, all sin and all the formless, dealt with, once for all, upon the cross. And as a consequence of that, we see earlier on, setting us free. Setting us free so that we, don't, that we have the power to serve him faithfully and obediently and with love. It's because of Jesus' life given for us. If we understand that, if we appreciate what Jesus has done for us, service is a natural outworking of that. A Christian is a servant. A Christian serves the Lord. A Christian is no longer his own or her own, but God's. So when we're tempted 
in our lives by power and by celebrity. Let's remember again who we serve and why we serve. We were created to serve. We grow as we serve in loving others and caring for others. We feed the poor as we pray for the sick in hospital, as we share the good news with others, as we go about caring and looking, being good neighbors to those around us. None of us wait until we're perfect, until we do that, until our lives are problem-free before we're called to serve. All of us are called to serve. God has a unique plan and purpose for each of our lives in which we're called to follow him and to serve him. And for those of us who don't live with that sense of call, that sense of vocation, that sense of God's plan on life, often lives li- live lives that are at sea in the world. When we don't have a sense of vision or destiny or sense of mission, we drift from one thing to the next to the next one relationship to the next to the next, one job from the next to the next. Always discontent, always searching, always frustrated, never fulfilled. But this evening, what what would it be if you and I grasped afresh that this heart of service, that each day we began our day by saying, Lord, I am a servant this morning. You have good plans for me today. I know you have good plans for me today. I'm not just here to pick up a payslip or to bide my time in retirement or because there's nothing else better coming my way. I've uniquely been called by God to bless others, to be used by God, to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I'm here to serve you today in a way that no one else can. No one else can. We're all tasked as being, as as Christians, to see God's rule and God's reign established in this place and in in this parish, in this city and beyond. Lord, my prayer for me tonight and for us tonight, Lord, make us a better servant, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me just pray as I finish. Father, I pray afresh that we would grasp again the enormity of all you've done for us in Jesus, that you've given your life for us, a life of service so that we could be free, we could be children, we could be heirs of the kingdom. Forgive us when we get wrapped up in our own power, other people's power, other people's popularity, other people's successfulness, other people's stuff. And we lose sight of what you've called us to, of how you've made us uniquely to serve you and to serve others. Would you stir us afresh? Would you fill us afresh to serve you in this coming week by your Spirit? In Jesus' name, amen.